have a house update for you, Marie. Oh, go on, Jodie. What's going on? Uh, this is the last podcast I'm going to record without two little kittens coming to wind us up. Oh, <laughs> oh that's um, so cute. Where are they from? Uh, a friend of mine has them. They are kittens off a stray. So two little boys. Uh, I'm collecting them at the weekend. And oh. yeah, I, I have asked our social media guru to share stuff on Facebook and whatnot. So yes, if you want to see my adorable photos. kittens, yeah. you can follow Beyond and, and you'll see them. And also help me name them because I, I have too many options and I don't know what to do. Narrow it down. Yeah. So yeah. suggestions welcome, are they, Jodie? Yeah. Email us at beyondmailbag at twinkle.co.uk. I can swear whatever name won't have any on the end. <laughs> I bet we get more emails for that than we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your own time you're wasting. So why not stick the kettle on, put your feet up and have a cuppa? Ah, bliss. Hello and welcome back. Today we're talking about home education with Amanda, who is a home educator and is font of knowledge on the subject. Amanda, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, so I have got three children. One of them is 18, just doing his last year of A-levels and has been through the school system completely. And then I've got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old who haven't been to school at all. Um, I was a secondary science teacher until my second was born and my husband is still a secondary science teacher so yeah lots of variations of education going on in our house so why did you decide to home educate with your younger two um so the initially right at the beginning it was because when our the the eldest of the younger two was reaching school age Mm. we just couldn't see him in a classroom he needs to move a lot he mm-hmm. yeah um yeah he's a really stereotypical five-year-old five year at the time who mm-hmm. wasn't going to manage very well yeah. so still in a classroom and we could see the kind of narrative that would be around that if he was in the classroom yeah so we made the decision then that that wasn't the time for him to start school mm-hmm. okay. as we've home educated over time there's uh, there's lots of other reasons now that we would say this is why we home educate we initially probably thought that we would send him at some point to school mm-hmm. uh, and now I would say that that's completely on him and if he never wants to go that we're comfortable with that because there are lots of other mm-hmm. reasons for us to home educate right um so I very much don't like the the um rewards and mm-hmm. punishment system within school I don't yeah. think it's the best way for to motivate children to learn Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that we can, that is not how we do things at home. And I like that we can keep um, the more collaborative approach that we take to those things. Yeah. Um, and school could be quite restrictive, I think, in what you learn. There's a mm-hmm. curriculum that you have to follow. And you, you can be really interested in something, but the bell goes. Or yeah. Yeah. 25% of the class have moved on, so you've got to move on too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we don't have to do that at home. We completely follow their interests for as long or as little time as they want Mm -hmm. and I can't see now why I would want to change that now that we're doing it yeah so that's kind of why we stay I guess was it Mm. to take that initial leap and say you know we're going to take this on ourselves was that a scary thing I mean I know you're a teacher but you're a science teacher 
Yeah. Mm. So you're taking on everything. Yeah. So I think it probably helped that I'd had an eldest who was in school and there were lots of times where he was learning something and I just thought, oh, but really we should, you should be doing this or you should be yeah. going there. Or... Yeah. And so there were lots of situations where I'd kind of thought, oh, in another world, maybe I would do that differently. How cool would that be if we had loads of money and all of yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, when we started thinking, when I started seriously thinking, actually school's going to be a negative experience for our middle then I started doing more exploring and realised that there's such a big community of home educators around yeah. locally and then around the country that actually there were lots of people to ask those questions to. And my concern about, I guess, about not being able to afford it went because there's such a big variety of people home educating who could say, you know, give me examples of cost. Um, and that idea of, well, how will we meet people and make friends once mm, yeah. you realise there's a community out there and then you realise that that isn't going to be an issue. And so when once we'd made the decision, actually, I felt really confident about it. Yeah. But it was a it was definitely a kind of process over a few years that was developing slowly, which was which was good for us. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does your kind of typical day look like with your with your two little ones? There isn't a typical day. (laughs) Um, So we have some fixed points in our week that we do most weeks. They have, they both have like beavers clubs on one Mm -hmm. evening and they have swimming lessons in the day on Friday, which is lovely because it's quiet and not the day after school or Saturday morning swimming. And those are booked, paid for things and Mm -hmm. everything else that we do, we can take or leave depending on how we're feeling. Um, So we have some free play fixed things in the week that we can attend but don't have to on a Monday afternoon we have a really lovely home ed group in a scout hut that the mm-hmm. the kids absolutely love going to and they've built really lovely community there and then we have free play like park meets in the week where mm-hmm. everyone rocks up at some point after lunch and the kids just play for hours and then yeah home. so those and so then we fit we fit whatever the kids are interested in learning about around that mm-hmm. um mostly that looks like them saying asking me a question and us just going down rabbit holes to answer yeah it. and that sparks an interest and they say oh, I want to know about this and then I kind of plan something hands-on-y related to it but there's no real structure with that how did you manage teaching them to read yeah. it's tricky so they're uh, two very very different children with regards to reading one of them finds it incredible the youngest finds it incredibly easy and has picked it up without me having to do much at all just by listening to what we're doing with the others um and yeah is going to do most of it without much input from us my uh, middle child is dyslexic finds it incredibly difficult and so we um actually i for me that's such a positive thing because we take it completely at his pace really slowly We spend a lot of time on each sound, on each spelling structure, on each grammar thing. We spend as long as he needs. We do lots of repetition and lots of games. And so he feels incredibly positive about his reading and his progress. And for me, that's kind of one of those really big things that I always Mm. think I'm so glad we're doing it this way because he still is still feeling really positive about reading despite it being really difficult for him. Um, and mostly I learned loads about the English mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned loads of rules about things that I didn't know because 
I mm. just learned to read and I don't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. any of this stuff. And so I just mostly, the things that he needs that are very different to the my other two that have needed that I've learned alongside with him, which has mm. been fascinating, actually. Um, I imagine that's brilliant, just kind of, yeah, yeah learning together is such a... Yeah, absolutely. And, and being able to go at a pace that suits the mm. individual. Yeah. Because that is one of the issues in schools, I think. Like you say, it's, right, we've done that, move on. Yeah. Um, and if there's understanding lost, there isn't always an opportunity to go back mm. and recap and relearn things. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and there's just a depth to the learning that we can't get in school that's really valuable, I think. What does your eldest child make of it? You said it, they'd gone through the education system themselves. Kind of, yeah. Were they ever tempted to homeschool, particularly kind of during COVID, obviously? Yeah, so um, he's all... He's always been able to be at home, especially mm-hmm. since we started home educating the young ones if he wanted to. He's chosen not to. He's got yeah. strong friendships at school and he's never had a negative experience in school enough that would mm. mean that he didn't want to go. He, at first, his concern was how will they make friends? Yeah. Um, he Because for him, his friendships are with his like, school yeah. schoolmates. Yeah. Um, he has since obviously seen them develop absolutely wonderful friendships and now yeah. thinks it's really positive and says I can't imagine them ever being in school mm-hmm. um so I mean they spend hours at a time playing big games with lots of children and it's been fascinating for me to watch actually because if you watch the group they're a mixed age that so there's toddlers three yeah. to teenagers usually mm-hmm. and they'll spend maybe four hours five hours together in an afternoon and it takes maybe two or three hours of lots of little groups starting a game, finishing a game, changing, the dynamics change, who's in charge changes, which groups yeah. are playing together. Mm-hmm. And over a few hours, they end up coming together to to play this game with certain really complicated rules that none of us as adults understand, but they've worked yeah. out between them. And then they have these amazing games and the start of this school year I asked um my eight-year-old what are the things you enjoy the most right now and he said massive games with everybody at the park or the yeah. scout there yeah. we go and and I think that the opportunity to do that mm. that doesn't really present itself when no, you it have yeah. half an hour an hour of time yeah. the only time you've got is summer holidays or something isn't it yeah mm. so yeah so he's seen that he sometimes comes along in the holidays sees that and and now thinks that this for them this is definitely mm. yeah, yeah a positive experience I guess and in terms of holidays do you follow the, the normal school year or do you vary it um because we've got my eldest in school and my husband's a teacher we yeah. are oh, yeah, we, we do have there are holidays are different because they're home we don't we definitely don't stop doing stuff in the holidays no. we don't feel mm. like we need to I guess because we're going at our pace, we never feel like we need a holiday yeah. From yeah. because we never feel overwhelmed and full and ready for a break. Yeah. We do if you know, if, if we get to a mid of mid term and we need a few days off, we just take a few days off. Yeah. Um and so yeah, we, we don't there definitely holidays are different for us because of the yeah. people but we don't um not do what we're doing in the holidays because mostly we learn through just life and yeah. so life still happens when the schools yeah, of are course. yeah it would seem a, a, a false distinction yeah. really between yeah. holidays yeah. and home wouldn't it 
one of the big things as well, I think, is often often people will say to me, I just can't imagine doing it or being together as a family for all like all time. It's 24-7, really mm. full on. But I think your your idea of what that looks like when you're in a normal school work situation is that you come home in the evening or at the weekends and you have to pack in everything that you yeah. can do in the week and then you have holidays where you're still working and you have to change your routine completely mm. you have to pack in all the stuff you can't do normally in in term time yeah and so that's quite stressful and overwhelming and so your experience is really it's quite hectic you're running from one place mm. to another but because that's with because we're together all the time we don't have that change between week and yeah. ho- uh, weekend and between term time and holiday time actually everything feels a bit more relaxed we don't have that change being constantly and so for me that's a positive thing for us as a family just kind of thinking about the future do do the home ed obviously your kids are a few years away from this but do the older ones sit exams GCSEs do they tend to join school I know in Sheffield there's a 14 to 19 school which a lot of home educated kids join at 14 yeah um you know and that's quite common and their friends yeah. are there and so on but how does how do exams work yeah so there are lots of options um mm-hmm. you can if you want to do the really traditional set sit 10 GCSEs at age 16 yeah. you can do that you can do it by learning all the content at home you can get the mm-hmm. uh, information from the exam board to mm-hmm. do that yeah as a family you're responsible for the cost if you do that mm-hmm. and the exams yeah. are 100 to 150 pounds each so if you want to go down that route you need to plan financially to do that mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you would sit it as an external candidate in a school or college. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's possible. Um, there are, like you say, most at least big cities now have some kind of college provision mm. aimed for home educated children. So they from 14 to 19 ish, they yeah. tend to run English and maths every year as a GCSE option and then change the other courses year by year. Yeah. And so children tend to sign up for two or three years and take a few GCSEs each year um, mm-hmm. and that, then the, the um, family don't have to fork out the cost yeah for yeah so those are the two options if you want to do GCSEs I think one of the other things to mention though is that you don't there is no legal obligation to take GCSEs mm-hmm. um, there are lots of successful home educated children who have done the absolute bare minimum English and maths and gone off to university GCSE skipped A levels gone off to university there are people who have gone really successfully into the workplace without any of those qualifications because if you think about it if you're if you're spending all of your teenage years directing your own education mm, yeah really amazing a skills, skills that the universities mm. look for they want mm. someone who is because because you've developed your passion if you're applying to university, you are really passionate about the course at this point. If this has mm, been your yeah. education experience, you're highly motivated. You're able to manage your own learning because you've probably been doing it for years already. Yeah. So I've definitely I've heard of lots of uh, home educated teens who have gone off with just really the bare minimum of qualification. Mm. There also is no pressure to do it at 16. You can spread them over years. A lot of home educated children start taking them early and do a few each year. Right. Or if they have left secondary school because it wasn't working for them, because they've mm. got lots yeah. of things to work through, then they might delay and do it later once they've settled in and worked out what they want mm. to do. So, yes, you can take them. There are a couple of pathways, but 
there's a lot of de-schooling to do around if it's actually if it's actually the right thing for you yeah like recognize that you don't have to if it doesn't suit you and that Mm. doesn't mean you're not successful Mm. which is what society would have us believe what's on your mind let us know your thoughts ideas and anecdotes Drop us a line at beyondmailbag at twinkle.co.uk. Many people home educate for the mental health of their children. Mm. Do you think we need to be more aware of teenagers' mental health and the impact schools can have? Absolutely, yeah, without a doubt. (laughs) Um, I think most children who join the home ed community at secondary age do so because they have got significant mental health challenges within the school environment and they're leaving because their family is in a crisis situation Mm. where they feel like there's no other option Um, and it doesn't we don't need to let the situation get to that point if we recognize earlier on the impact that the school system can have I mean if you think you spend how many years of your life learning that to be successful you have to be better than other people If you yeah. just, just take that one thing from how the system works, that's an awful message yeah, for your mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, to be constantly compared and feel like the only way to, to mm. win, to be successful is to be better than someone. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do feel that schools have got this really wrong. Mm. Um, we went to a, a welcome evening for year 10 at my daughter's school mm. and it was just a diatribe. When do you need to start revising? You need to start now. You need to be revising every day. You need to test yourself. Yeah. Testing is the best way to learn things. Test, test, test. That word was mentioned so many times. Mm. When I got home, I was anxious, let alone yeah. Jess. I have to say, I'm becoming more of a convert. But yeah, my, biggest, my biggest kind of uh, worry would be, for me personally, having that, the knowledge to kind of make sure, because... I, I could teach maths. I could teach maths to a very high level. I'm a maths teacher. I could teach science, but also like, I, I remember when I was doing my A-level physics, uh, being taught about subatomic particles and being taught, this is wrong, but the syllabus isn't right because this discovery had been made six months ago. Um, so kind of having that, the science knowledge moves on so fast, I would be worrying about giving them misinformation and not just about kind of, the scientific and the factual knowledge but also making sure that they got a good diversity of literature and not just stuff I liked you know make sure I'm teaching them right you know books by people of color and stuff not just the things Mm. I read as a kid yeah so how do you make sure that your your knowledge is there but also like well I guess the knowledge yeah it's the knowledge isn't it Mm. I guess it's worth unpacking where so so the way that you're asking is this idea that I'm going to teach them all of these subjects, right? Mm. And so mm. therefore I'm required to have all of that knowledge. Yeah. And that's because yeah. that's how school works. Yeah. Somebody mm. with more knowledge than me teaches me. Mm. And that's not how home education works. And so okay. we have, say, uh, so originally we thought we'd send, our, we'd send them to school at secondary Mm-hmm. Yeah. because I kind of still had a little bit of that mindset I want mm. someone passionate about history to teach them history yeah yeah the reality is that having had a teenager go through secondary school he hasn't had in every subject oh yeah of course is not. passionate about that subject and mm. so that kind of undid some of that for me mm-hmm. um 
one of the most wonderful things for me is how much I have learned home educating mm, because yeah. they ask a question and I've not thought about it and I don't have the knowledge. Um, but I want them to know that when they have a question, they can go and figure out the answer yeah. or they can ask the right person for the answer. They can they can go and do some research themselves. And so the best way for them to grow up with the skills to be able to do that long term mm -hmm. is for us to be doing that together, for me to be modeling that. And so yeah. if yeah. they ask something that I don't know, then I say I don't know and we find a way of finding that out. And if what we read I don't understand, then we work out who might understand and we go mm -hmm. to them to ask them for help. Um, Obviously, so as a home educator, you don't have to follow the national curriculum. Right. Um, but the national curriculum is there. So if mm -hmm. you want to check that you are covering the same kind of breadth of information that they mm. would cover in school, then you've got that to refer to if you want to. Mm. Um, and there are plenty of social media home education groups where you can ask questions like, hey, my kid's interested in this. How can yeah. you recommend resources and there are an awful lot like you to use your example there are people really passionate about really good literature who mm. will give you lists yeah. of or uh, you know own voices books yeah any yeah. topic that you want to talk about and so the information's out there you do have to you you do have to do a little bit of looking but that doesn't mm -hmm. have to be me in advance gaining knowledge to teach it to them that's okay. us together learning alongside yeah. each other yeah. And it, um, it does take a little bit of getting your head around how different that yeah. way of educating is. Mm. Especially being trained as a teacher, because as you say, that's yeah. what we do. Yeah, absolutely. We have the knowledge and we stand in front of the class and impart our knowledge. Many people are under the impression that you have to be very wealthy to mm. be able to home educate. And you earlier seemed to suggest that that's not actually the case. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, not at all. I think that um, it was probably one of the things I was concerned about originally, um, because it feels like you need loads of resources because mm, there are yeah. loads of resources yeah. in a school. That's so true. how would yeah. I get all of those? Um, the reality is that you don't need loads of resources. We do our best maths with breakfast cereal and that doesn't cost much. Yeah. Um, so I think that there is a huge variety of people from different socioeconomic backgrounds who mm. are home educating. There are often um, there is only one working parent in the household. Yeah, so course. that significantly reduces the income. So I think mm. there are more likely to be people with less money than there are mm. people with lots with of money yeah. educating and yeah it's it's very easy to get caught up on social media pretty pictures of uh, mm. resources people are using but mm. the reality is you don't need yeah. them obviously if a child goes to school the government fund the school and you get a kind of amount per student if you're home educated does that money just disappear yep. or do you have access we don't have access to any funding <sighs> Um, however, there are lots of people who don't want it because mm -hmm. if we had that funding, it would come along with to you, need to this yeah. you need to prove that you're doing this. Um, mm -hmm. And so yeah, uh, of course. most of the people who are um, in, in the local authority are, mm -hmm. are coming from a background that is not home education. And of so course, yeah. it's difficult to convince them that 
what you're doing is education sometimes yeah. and so most people are happy to not have the money um, and yeah. not have the the just really close checking of of yeah. style what you're doing of course yeah but yeah it would be nice <laughs> Um, so, I mean, this has been a massive education for me. Mm. Do you think most schools, teachers, traditional educated families, do you think they know how home education works? Or I think in my experience, no. Um, mm. I think schools, teachers are often under the impression that if you start home educating, then you will need to be sending reports and evidence of work all of the time to the local authority and that they will be coming around to check what you're doing and that there'll be lots of pressure. Um, and that isn't the case, uh, but it, it can scare parents or make them anxious, especially if they're in a position where they feel like home education is the only option. Yeah. And it can feel like a school is pressuring you to stay. And I think that's just because schools don't n understand what home yeah. education can be and they don't have the right information. But um, if just in case anyone's interested, you have to produce a report once a year that says you are meeting the needs of your children. And and that can doesn't have to match the curriculum as long yeah. as it's the needs of your children that you're meeting. Yeah. Um, and that is the currently the only requirement. Mm. Interesting. So Ofsted don't turn up at your front door. Ofsted then. don't turn up at the front door. Um, if your report suggests that you're not meeting their needs, then someone will follow up yeah but yeah mostly they read your report say well done and wow thank you so so much Amanda for kind of imparting yes, your knowledge you. it's been genuinely it's been fascinating. fascinating yeah, yeah. really you're so. very welcome are you a convert Marie then I actually seriously am <laughs> that it's... has really opened my eyes because I was imagining homeschool mm. you'd have to you'd have to have lessons and lesson plans and timetables and yeah you know really intent I presume that's because I'm a trained teacher and that's the way yeah. I see teaching but this sounds really achievable mm. um and much much less stress than I would have thought it's definitely different to kind of I mean, I don't have a view as a parent because I'm not a parent, but my view as a teacher's definitely changed because mm. I don't know if I would consider it. It's kind of hard to think about that with a hypothetical mm. child, but, you know, it, I can completely see why you'd make that choice and I can completely see the benefits. Mm. But, you know, it, it's a hard choice, isn't it? It's a big It's a big, big commitment. commitment, yeah. But then... And the other thing is school and the government will always tell you school is the best place to mm. learn. And they really, really hammer that home. Yeah. You know, if you're having any difficulties getting your child into school, as I have, um, mm. that's the big thing. They, they need to be in school to learn. Absolutely, and just to yeah. actually think, well, actually, that's not the truth, is it? And there's so um, many different education systems. You know, you have kids yeah. who work in theatre or work in film. Yeah. We talked yeah. about it a bit last week, didn't we? About kind of what that life is like having tutors and whatnot and fitting that around a That's job right. yeah you know? yeah and you have kids who travel and you know stuff like exactly. that exactly like there's an olympic skier at my daughter's school mm. so she's often out oh, of yeah. the country training i went to school with an olympian and he sat his wasn't particularly like amazing at maths he got an a level in maths mm. but he sat it with the further maths group so that he could do it quicker yeah 
you know, and it's just kind of having that. There's and always I, yeah. options. There's always ways around, isn't exactly. there? Exactly. I taught a dancer that, you know, was at Northern Ballet School and da da da. Mm. And education was really important for them because dancers' life Dancing is hard. Dancing doesn't last forever, yeah. But like, yeah, you you're flexible. Yeah. It's not one size fits all. It's really reassured me, actually, as that. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, Come back next week to find out what my kittens are called. Yay. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye. This podcast is proudly produced by Beyond. Please bear in mind the views and opinions expressed are those of individuals and may not represent those of Beyond or Twinkle.